Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Bike Life. This is Jerry Kopak sitting in for Taverly, coming to you from the mountains of Breckenridge, Colorado. When I'm not building spreadsheets as the finance guy for warm showers, I'm usually off riding my bike, either in Colorado or some other remote mountain region in the world. Today, I'm talking to Ann Winkler-Mori, historian and author of the book, Allegiance to Winds and Waters. Bicycling the Political Divides of the United States. For this book, Anne embarked on a 12,000-mile bike tour to better understand the political differences that challenge us here in the U.S. Hey, Anne, welcome to our show. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. All right. So this is a very interesting and timely topic. When was your trip? It was 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So definitely it took, me, even took me 10 years to write the book. So. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's going to lead me into my next curious question yeah. is chicken or the egg. Did you set out on this tour with the intention to write a book or was the book simply a byproduct of your experiences? Um, I wanted to write something, but I, just to be honest, I, you know, wanted also to ride the perimeter of the United States, but wasn't, didn't really think I'd be able to do it. Okay. My husband and I doing it. So, you know, um, I thought maybe, maybe we'd make it across Wisconsin from Minneapolis. Um, okay. But, um, you know, step by step, pedal by pedal, he made it all the way around the country. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's incredible. It sounds like you yeah. went along the perimeter. So, my thoughts are is the U.S. is a big place and the idea of setting out on a bike tour to maybe gain public sentiment, that's really ambitious. And 12,000 miles is huge. So give us give us an overview of, uh, sorry, an overview of your route. Yeah, well, we started from our uh, um, front yard in Minneapolis and we went east um, okay. and up, you know, up to Maine and um How'd you, how'd you go east? Did you, did you drop down? Cause there's last time I checked, there's some big water around there, right around yeah, Michigan. We, we, we did take the ferry across, <laughs> okay. you know, um, you know, I say 12,000 miles. We, yeah. we traveled 14,000 miles, um, oh. but yep. Yep. Uh, 2000 miles of, of, you know, other, other transportation. So. So um, what time of the year did you roll out from Minneapolis? I'm guessing June. probably, okay, so I'm going to get a guess because Minnesota winters are known to be a little bit inhospitable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we had, you know, my, my husband was a school social worker, right? Okay. I was laid off, um, but he's, his schedule was he was able to take a year off. Um, and, you know, if you work in the schools, that means a year plus a couple months, right? 14 of months. Course. Yeah, great. So we said, okay, how do we stay on the bicycle for 14 months? Um, and that's that's part of a big part of why we did the perimeter route. So um, um, with the idea of uh, two summers and you know um, 
fall for the for the east coast winter across you know the south and um and then spring on so, the pacific coast so, so did you make it out of the northeast before uh before winter came along yes okay yes. good we, yeah yeah so we were we hit we hit um florida on november 1st okay so, oh that's perfect yeah, timing yeah yeah, so and we, we did we did the entire perimeter of Florida, which a lot of people don't okay. do. So we went all the way down to the Keys. So you went up. Atlantic yep. coast, wrapped around, and, and came along along the uh, the Gulf of Mexico, right? And then went, you know, did came back up the uh, the um, we went down to the Keys, took the ferry uh, ferry from the Keys to Fort Myers. Yep. Um, which and then and then all the way up the the west coast of Florida, and then. And then, and just then discovered of, there was another couple hundred miles of Florida. Um, Florida is is kind of is what amazing. I would have, yeah. yeah, it's kind of what I've thought about with uh, with Texas. Like I know yeah. that I've taken some road trips from Colorado and down into Texas, yeah. and it seems like it takes three days to get through Texas. And same thing, there's a lot of coastline in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I noticed that you said you're a historian. So what uh, what kind of topics really interest you? Yeah, um, so I, I'm very interested in the way in which um, people uh, look at public public history and the public history sites, whether it's museums or monuments, and you know, um, as well as you know the way in which history is taught in classrooms. Uh -huh. um, so on the trip, it was you know we were visiting visiting public history sites and um, well, visiting a lot of. Uh, well, like um, starting in Milwaukee, we wanted to go see a, um, a, the African American Hol Holocaust Museum, um, wow. which I had Didn't heard know about. That existed. Yes, and fascinating. It, it um, was created by one of the the only uh, survivor of a lynching, and um, when he when he died. It was a great museum when he died. Um, the city oh. of Milwaukee, um, you know, uh, withdrew its funds, and mm. it was foreclosed on when we when we showed up there. The good news is that uh, in 2022 the museum reopened. Um, so, but when I was going through, um, uh, we saw a boarded up, you know, boarded up building, Ooh. and that was a, um, you know, that happened. Quite a, quite a lot as we went across the country, seeing, seeing the priority uh, uh, for um, for people's history. Um, yeah, and being, you know, a, there's a con contest right over over how um, how we tell those stories and and whether or not local places are going to you know put the put the resources into keeping them open and. Yeah, there's there, so, there's been a there's been a lot of that discussion over the the past few years, especially yes. in the south and the southeast, yes. where yes. there is definitely there's there's a lot of history down there. Did, what were your experiences going through the south? Um, <laughs> what were my experiences going? Yeah, through without the south? without turning this yeah. into like a big yeah. a political debacle or discussion yeah. here, but just you know, how were your experiences? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. lots of history down there, lots of monuments, yeah. lots of museums. Uh, if you're yeah. a historian, this must have been fascinating for you 
Yes. Yes, it was. Um, one of the things, and I was just thinking about that with this trip I'm on now, is that it was very clear to me that it, 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 it the South is, is another country from it the is. North. Yeah. And it was very, um, and we went back and forth on the, you know, in and out of the South in different places. For example, um, you know, we came back to Northern Florida and we entered the South again. Um, okay. We, uh, you know, went through Washington. Uh, there were there are parts of Maryland that are that are the South, and then you get to sure. Washington, and it's not, you know. So, so the South is is not just a, lo- a geographical location, but it's, yeah, um, you know, um, cultural yeah. I have uh, I've political. spent a, I've spent a little bit of time in the South uh, for for about a year. My mom and my family moved out of Colorado and ended up in Siesta Key, Florida, which is. It's on the Gulf Coast. And so they were there for, I think, I don't know, like I said, a year. And then I also have in-laws who are from the Louisiana area. And it's always fascinating because I, I grew up in Colorado and I also spent time in Michigan and going to the South. It's it's so fascinating to me. Like, obviously, the culture is different. The landscape's different. The food, the smells, the mm-hmm. sounds. And it's just such a really intriguing experience to me but i wasn't i i never traveled there with the intent to to look at historical sites like you did so it's it's interesting to hear your perspectives on this yeah i mean i'm just going there as essentially a tourist to see family or something like that but there's there's one thing that um that i that i saw in one of your in your application to be a guest on our show is that you mentioned that you don't believe in ghosts yet you were haunted during this (laughs) trip what does that mean Oh, well, actually, it means it's it's about the person I was before I started the trip. Ah, um, and, that's a question and, I'm going to get to in a second. But yeah, keep going, and, keep going. And the thing is, you know, um, I think I'm not alone in this idea that, you know, people who go on on trips, whether it's by bicycle or or another way, um, I, I know I'm not alone in in sort of having this mentality of, you know, I'm going to leave my life behind and leave my problems behind that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I have, I had my baggage, right. Um, sure. not, not, everyone, not everyone just does. not, but yeah. And, a- and I wanted to leave say, it behind. And, and anybody who's older than six years old has something they're carrying <laughs> with them. Right? right. That's right. So what, 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 uh, what was interesting to me is that, you know, I, um, it came with me. Right. Okay. And, and it it um, has, yeah, it'll do that. Yeah. 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 And, um, but I was at the same time changed by the trip. Um, Like what did, what did you notice? Like what was the most visceral that you noticed uh, that was different about you? I think in terms of the issue of fear that, Ah. um, you know, um, I found in different situations that, um, that my hierarchy of fears would would topple, right? So if you're out on the road, and if you're like me and you fear strangers and you've gotten that, you know this. Um, but uh, suddenly you're out on the road where um, it's evening and trucks and those kinds of things that are much more dangerous than you know some stranger who wants to help you out. Um, um, suddenly 
you know, all the rules that you didn't even know you had in your head about how to keep yourself safe um, are don't apply anymore. And you've got to have, you know, you have different ones and, and it makes you question all of them. Right. It yeah. makes you, it makes you go kind of. Cause you know, you've got the time you're on a bike, you're traveling right? at whatever, eight, nine miles an hour, 12 miles right. an hour. You have time to really process all this stuff. All this, yep. Yeah. Yep. And you can yep. question it. You can sort of, take a step back and separate yourself and said, okay, all these things that are causing me stress or mm -hmm. fear, what's that based on? Like what's, mm -hmm. what's really causing that? Cause I know mm -hmm. that you, and you said that you stayed with a lot of warm showers hosts, which that in itself can be daunting to a lot of people to go mm -hmm. and stay in someone's home that they've never met. You know, like when we were kids, we had this expression called stranger danger right. and, you know, don't talk to strangers. And here we are going to stay in someone's house. And I bring this up because I too set off on about a two year bike traveling experience. And mine was through parts of Asia and, and parts of Africa as well. And it's, it's amazing. The things that initially I was concerned about things I was afraid of, right. they just, they disappeared. And it's it's just such this amazing experience that I I came back a changed person as well as I'm sure to your point a lot of people who have embarked on a trip like this things inevitably change because they just they have to because you're going through so many different experiences right so tell me about some of your your warm showers experiences well we had 143 of them um, not all warm showers but we we stayed in 143 different houses in the 420 days. Um, it was really amazingly divided perfectly between, you know, camping, um, staying with people and staying in motels. So, yeah. Um, so uh, lots and lots. And that was one of the reasons why it took me so long to write the book, because I had <laughs> I had a thousand pages of wonderful stories and I didn't want to leave anybody out. Ah, yes. um, right. And yeah. Because you realize you can't yeah. write a thousand page book because no, it's no one much. will read it. <laughs> yes. You got to shave right. it down and get it to right. at least below 400 or something. That's right? right. That's right. So, <laughs> so um, did you have, I know it's been a couple of years since this trip, yeah. but were there was an experience with uh with a host that was like, wow, this is, this feels good. Or yeah. What was I, what was I afraid of? This is, this is a really cool way to travel. So many of them. It's hard to, <laughs> um, uh, you know, there, there were, there was, uh, we, we also had experiences with people who picked us up on the road, um, which was that something at the beginning of the trip, I would never have, you know, I did. Yeah, Cause you talk you like, don't yeah. pick up hitchhikers <laughs> right, and don't hitchhike right, right. because you know what's right. going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's these fears, right. That these stories yeah. we tell ourselves in our mind that, you know, yeah. they're based on some sort of evidence or yeah. fact, but for the most part, Maybe they're a little bit uh, drummed up to be more than they need to be. So, so like in, in Montana, we stayed with a woman for three days that, you know, met us in a, in a cafe. Three and, days. Uh, nice. And, uh, you know, it was, it, 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 the weather was inclement and, you know, the third day the weather was still inclement and we were like, well, we better get going because it doesn't look any better, but um montana does get some then, weather yeah yeah and i remember thinking then you know if this is the beginning of the trip by that time we were just like yeah you know you, the world should just take care of us <laughs> you know it started <laughs> you, you, you kind of learn to roll with it things, right? yeah yeah 
Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment. And you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So along that same line, when I was reading your submission, my, my eyes immediately went to this phrase, and I'm hoping you can, you can explain it to me, radical hospitality. So I have an idea what that means. I don't think it's anything dangerous or volatile by radical, but what is radical hospitality? It's a lot of different things. A lot of okay. people, you know, and I, it's not a term that I, um, you know, it's not something I made up. Okay. It's something that a lot of people are talking about um, in the last I was ready to give years. you credit for it. So, no, um, <laughs> I can't take credit for it. But, um, you know, people uh, in churches, um, you know, religious institutions, um, in art, art uh, institutions, um, uh, People are talking about it in terms of um, how municipal governments deal with, um, for example, in Minneapolis, this is not radical hospitality, the way in which at this moment people are being, homeless people are being evicted from sure. um, that kind of thing. That's sort of the opposite of radical hospitality, right? Um I think during the pandemic, we saw a lot of that kind of um, radical hospitality where all of a sudden it was like, right, we're all in this, you know, yeah. situation and um, we can't evict people or we can't, um, you know, we, we need to in, in, in Minneapolis, there were uh, food giveaways and in, in the public parks, you know, you use whatever, whatever um, places, um, public and private that you have to to just take care of the needs of people and um, those yeah. are kinds of examples of radical hospitality and um you know it's individual and it's also uh a, a, you know a social public kind of you know policy it can be policy as well and people are talking about that idea as as sort of an antidote to things like putting up gates and walls, um, whether we're talking about sure. a border wall or yeah. Yeah. Um, gated communities or, you know, um, um, the institutional racism that is everywhere, For sure. um, that, that um, there are other ways of, of uh, approaching the world. And as one of the people I quote says, you know, it's, it, it can, it, it can be the, you know, instead of fear, you know, you, you operate from this uh, other other way of um, thinking about yeah, I've, how I, to I, approach the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I read a quote somewhere, and I forget where I found it from, but it, it talks about there's only two emotions. There's love and then there's fear. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's quite that simple, but in a lot of cases, it sure feels that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious, you talk about this radical hospitality. Was this mm -hmm. something that you experienced along your journey or was something you became more aware of and more interested over the most recent years? Oh, well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, bringing a stranger into your house and, and, you know, feeding them and, and, and listening to their stories and that kind Isn't of thing is pretty, yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, an official um, relationship with like, with warm showers or, or um, other ways. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty radical thing. Right. Um, I, I agree. Um, yeah. And, and, um, you know, but, but not even just, um that kind of thing but the way in which um people on the road gave me the information that i needed to understand their place yeah um you know those kinds of those kinds of sort of trail angels who come show up when you're just going what is this i don't understand you know and, <laughs> and people are willing says, to help oh, and, yeah. it, and it's and it just restores your faith in humanity you. yeah yeah yep. And so, yeah. as I mentioned, I, I biked through probably, I think, 18 countries. And wow. I have been through places that some people would deem maybe contentious, maybe a little bit heated, sometimes dangerous. For example, I was in the northern part of Israel in the Golan Heights along the Syria and Lebanon borders. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I learned and just kept getting reiterated to me on a continual loop basis is that at the end of the day, people really are just people. They're mm -hmm. kind, they're generous, mm -hmm. they're curious. Mm -hmm. So many times I would be cycling through some remote village, either in Israel or in China or in Morocco, and people would stop what they were doing and they would want to come talk to this, this goofy looking guy on a bike and want to hear my story, just wanted mm -hmm. to connect. And I think about this and I started to use this expression, the human experience and, you know, back to your radical hospitality, I, I probably didn't invent this, but I, I use it a lot because traveling by bike, it just, it allows you to be more approachable. Like you can, you can get in a car, you can hop on a train or a bus and you'll still get to the place that you're going, but you'll miss all those really colorful experiences and connections along the way, which yeah. it sounds like you had a ton of them with 143 Yes. Warm showers stays. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you must've met or, just some, some incredible people. So house stays. Yeah. Well, you know, what I call it is the magic of the loaded bike. Um, okay. and, and, um, which, you know, I, I think Can I use that one. Uh, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I have it. I have it in my introduction, but you okay. know, it's, it's, um, uh, my book. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think, especially for someone like myself, I'm, I'm quite introverted. You know, I want to do this research. I want to talk to people, but I, there's a lot that's keeping me, you know, from, from doing that. Um, but to have people come up and talk to me, not only just talk to me, but tell me what's really deeply important to them within so, a few minutes. That's what I found so amazing. And I, well, I just, what I think of in terms of the magic of the loaded bike is that it's, you know, people, first of all, they know you're doing something amazing. So they want to do, you yeah. know, they want to talk to you about what's really important. Right. And the second thing is they know that you're not going to be in town long. So they're not going to have to deal with you <laughs> once they tell you, you know, um, the, 
the, so, the down so, and dirty. So and with, sorry. Yeah. Um, with, with your with your with your um, collection of information, were you consciously trying to talk to people, ask them certain questions, or was just just essentially what you were learning from people and they were kind of volunteering it to you or some kind of mostly, combination? Mostly, mostly volunteering it to me. Okay, I, so you, I asked, you didn't send out, out with an agenda and a, no, in a yellow notebook. A... <laughs> okay. No, in fact, I did, I, I did the first day Yeah. and I, I had a, um, a tape recorder, you know, it was so, you know, I, I had, uh-huh. I had a notebook. I never, yeah. I, I got rid of it after the okay. first day. That was it. Yeah. Um, First of all, things happen, you know, while you're on the bicycle, you can't, um, um, and, you know, you just, you don't want to lose that spontaneity that of the, of the conversation. Sure. Um, right. So what I did instead is, you know, after I'd have a, uh, af- have an interaction, I would try to sit down. I had carried a computer with me and I, you know, sit yep. down and, and write, um, as when soon it's as still I fresh. could. Yeah. yeah. Which was sometimes with, you know, um, uh, sometimes it was longer than I wanted, but you know, a day or two, but sometimes it was just an hour. So, so, so what's your, what's your big takeaway from this trip and from, from the book, when I read your book, what's my takeaway? Are we, are we doomed? Are we going to make it through this? What did you learn along the way? Well, you know, when I was talking about fear, um, yeah. the fears that I had, I saw those reflected in the people that I met. Mm. So, you know, people, people very generous, wanted you to love their place, wanted you to appreciate what was special and, and unique yeah. about it. And also, um, they saw their place in, as a safe place, but the next town, the next neighborhood, nice. you know, the next border was not, and you had to be careful, and they wanted to warn you of that. Uh, and I say that as though that sounds like a generalization, but I, we heard that over and sure. over and over again. Um, and you go to that very same place that they warn you about, and you hear the exact same thing again. Right, about and that those is people. Kind of a, right. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so that, um, you know, may sound like something that's, that's, um, I mean, I think that, that it just gives you pause, right? It, it, there's, yeah, there's, I think it gives instruction and instead of being, you know, something to be optimistic or pessimistic about, but okay. it gives you instruction that what, what we need to do is break down those barriers. Right. right. And understand, um, um, to understanding, um, uh, because, because we all feel the same way and sure. we have these fears and uh, many of them are, are irrational or and are manufactured are being you know created to keep us from you know from working together and to create a more more equitable society you know because because you know the the united states that we that that we live in um is uh is highly highly inequitable and that was something that that i i um you know, I, of course, I knew, is but that, is, it's is shocking. It's shocking on a but. Yes, it's okay. very much a big part, big part of the book. Yeah, um, because it's shocking when you when you go from when you actually. I think I think most of us live in one place, and we don't really go out of our little circle. 
Yeah. You know, whether we're for sure. It's you know, it's, poor it's where or rich we, it, or wherever. It's where we, we feel we stay, safe. It's we where stay we feel in that little place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, on the bicycle, um, you know, you you cross those economic yeah. and racial lines all the time. Um and to see to see the inequalities constantly and and um it shocks, even though you know it, it shocks over and over again. So. Yeah. And think of how fortunate you and I both mm-hmm. were and other people who have embarked on journeys like this, because we started out with our own embedded fears, justified, rational or not. And look how we've been able to work through those. And you've mm-hmm. been able to work through yours. Mm-hmm. So not everyone can take 14 months off or take mm-hmm. two months off. So how how do we get people to mm-hmm. sort of push through and see the world through somebody else's eyes through a different Mm -hmm. lens to Mm -hmm. maybe break down some of these fears that maybe are holding us back from becoming more, more cohesive as, as a, as a country. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no silver bullet for that, but like, what what can we do? the, The understanding is that, that, that we think the way we think all of us human beings, um, a lot because of where we, where we are geographically, yeah. you know, where we're growing up. It's and, how we were um, raised and the stories how we're, we're told. How we raised and the stories that we're told. And, yeah. and one of the things that happens when you travel is that you cross those barriers and you see, you know. You, because you have to. Right? Yeah, and get out of your own head, but you yeah. see those things. And and the extent to which we can we can do that, we don't have to do it through actually leaving a place we can do that through reading we can do that through you know documentaries etc there are lots of different ways in which we can cross those borders so that's why i felt like i needed to write a book yeah and and people have to be willing to open up their mind to this to put away some of those fears to open up our hearts to Mm -hmm. difference of opinions to different perspectives to different upbringings Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and it's hard i Mm -hmm. i grew up as a very regimented type A kind of control freak. And mm. it was so much easier to say, no, no, no. When I started traveling, I traveled with this, this mentality to always say yes. And when you say mm. yes, it's very vulnerable. It exposes mm-hmm. you to all these things that you ordinarily wouldn't have been exposed to. But at yeah. the same time, if you travel with this mindset, this mentality to always say yes, like, man, it opens up your world, your heart mm. to all these different experiences and again it doesn't have to be on a bike it just have you just have to commit to being open to things which again coming for me it was definitely scary but that was one of the things that i took away from my bike trip and it sounds like you have mm-hmm. a very similar sentiment yep. as well yeah and i think um i think since we're talking about bicycle travel that it is possible to travel by bicycle and not and, and kind of do it with <laughs> <laughs> with you know i have met people sure. who, who focus and so i i would just like to say that to bicyclists you know to open those blinders up yeah slowly if somebody asks around. you to stop yeah if somebody asks right. you to stop and have coffee with them yeah. Yeah, give it a shot what, what yeah. do you guys do what's wrong with yeah. that right yeah I, I see people who are doing these ultra uh, races mm-hmm. now, bikepacking races that are two, three weeks long. And there's one that was in Kyrgyzstan and it's called the Silk Road Mountain Race. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in Kyrgyzstan back in 2018, the year before they started this race. And I rode a very similar route. 
And I was fortunate enough, they had about four weeks to actually ride this route. And I got to stop in little remote villages, stay in people's homes. People were so generous, so welcoming, got to have dinner with them, meet their families. And then flash forward a year, there's this race that goes on a very similar route, which is a very cool event. I'm not, I'm not downplaying racing, but it's just like, man, from the United States, it's like a 38 hour flight to put your head down and ride for 26 hours a day and see nothing. And again, again, I'm not knocking that. It's just from my experience and what you're talking about, it's like, man, if you go slow, look at the different experience. And so that's how I personally choose to travel. Like if somebody says, Hey, do you want to stop and have tea? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stop and have tea and let's get to know each other. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of how we tear down those walls of fear that you talk about. Right. And for me, I have no choice because slow is the only way I go. So <laughs> just, just to be honest here. Would you say the uh, the magic of the heavy race. bike? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, slow, heavy, whatever. Yeah. Here, here's a question that I like to ask of all my guests. It's kind of fun. So if you're ready, I'll, I'll ask you. Okay. So with any journey, especially one of the length that you partook in, Things at some point go wrong, things that you didn't plan for, things that you couldn't plan for. It sounds like you have ridden your bike through two hurricanes, over 100 degree temperatures, and again, some also 30 foot snow drifts. What was one of those times, days, experiences you thought, holy crap, how am I going to find my way out of this one? Um, Just generally, you know, so many times when we got lost um, or, you know, it was, it, it, or there were dangers, it led us to, to places that, um, you know, and experiences that we wouldn't have had. Um, what I'm thinking about right now is when you say that there's just so many, but what sure. I'm thinking about right away is, <laughs> is going into New Brunswick uh, or Brunswick. New Jersey, Brunswick, New Jersey, old Brunswick, um, which um, which is just not a bike friendly place. Okay, um, and um, we stayed with a warm showers uh, host who told us that they had you know that a young couple had just been with them and had quit their their trip after trying to get into Brunswick. <laughs> so oh, really? They were like, and you know, we were we were in our fifties, and you know, um, but uh, you know, we had another warm showers place to stay and we decided we were just going to go even though it was actually the wrong direction (laughs) okay anyway so and they were right it was it was very difficult just just in terms of you know the the road they don't they don't have bike paths and um yeah um we were walking on walking on the freeway you know on the side of of the not on the freeway on the side of the freeway yeah you know anyway just really kind of impossible traveling and, slow and, with a heavy bike yeah and on the way back on the way out and getting very lost and um uh you know on these roads that were not friendly to bicyclists yeah. and we ended up in this place that was looked like it was about to um about to close and nobody people were there but they weren't spending any money and it looked uh-huh. very impoverished and and, and you, this and this woman gave us uh, this beautiful bowl of uh, you know oatmeal with banana <laughs> as, in the in the uh, like sun rays and um, 
and refused payment for the ah, for see, the I meal. Love that. And you know, it was just an experience. I, just when we were having the worst, you know, the worst right. day, it became this beautiful experience. Kindness, so. just to be kind, but for yeah. no other ulterior motive, not to try yeah. to to profit yeah. from you, just because they're good humans. She said, "I wish I could do it." That was her. Oh, see, you know? and that so, just kind of yeah. gives you further oomph yeah. for motivation to get back on your bike the next day, even though that particular day might have been a bit debilitating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so these but I stories, would say that happened over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I had I have a bunch yeah. of similar experiences too. Just yeah. when I thought I was at my wits' end, something happened, and people did something completely uncalled yeah. for and generous, and it just. Yeah changed my entire perspective and it sounds yeah. like over 14 months you had countless times that happened to you yes yes yeah. so i want to thank you for taking time to yeah. talk to me today i know the listeners are going to thank really you. enjoy this story yeah are there ways for people out there listening to follow along with you to get a copy of your book or just support you in any way yeah well i have a website it's just my name and winklemore.com Okay. Um, A-N-N-E-W-I-N-K-L-E-R-M-O-R-E-Y. Perfect. Dot com. And then, um, you know, any, uh, all the other ways that you can buy books, it's available. Allegiance right. to Winds and Waters. So, <laughs> but I would, I would love it if people would do it through my website and then I can, then I can communicate with you. I have your email and you can, we can, I can hear how, what you think about it and. Yeah, it yeah, makes it a little it more a, personal yeah, that way too. And yeah, then maybe you can, yeah. maybe you'll send them a, a signed copy. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Well, yeah. all right. Thank you, Anne. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And for everyone who's been listening to our conversation with Anne Winkler Mori, author of the book Allegiance to Winds and Waters: Bicycling the Political Divides of the United States. Check it out. And as always, give us a like, a share on your social channels, or just tell some of your friends. These stories hopefully will inspire you to set off on your own adventure and maybe make the world feel a little bit smaller, one pedal stroke at a time. My name is Jerry Kopak, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.